Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. So this episode is about an idea that revolutionized my goal-setting approach uh, two or three years ago and has made a tremendous difference in my life. And I want to go deep into this idea. But before we do that, I want to just tell you it kind of like a story. So imagine that you are at an amusement park and you're walking along and, you know, you got those people working at the amusement parks shouting out, trying to get you to play their games. And uh, you're like, come on, I don't want to, I'm not going to mess with it. It's all rigged anyway. Uh, and and you see this one, it's like a little uh, shooting uh, gallery. Is that what they're called? I don't, I've never touched a gun. Um, shooting gallery? <laughs> I don't know if that's what they're called or not now, now that I'm here uh, planning on talking about it. You know, a place where there's you go in and there's targets lined up and you have to shoot them down. So there's one of those, and I think it's called a shooting gallery. And uh, they're like, you see at this particular game that people are going in there and leaving with these super cool, giant, stuffed... I don't know, Pikachus, let's say. Maybe you're having a Pokemon phase, Pokemon resurgence. Uh, my son's super into Pokemon. So that's on my mind. Giant Pikachus, and you're like, man, I got to have one of those. Come on. And like, you know, I've seen several people walk out of there with them. It must be possible. It, I'm going to go give it a shot. Ha ha. No joke intended, but it is kind of one. Uh, you go into the shooting gallery to give it a shot, and you go in, they give you the weapon. Let's just call it a slingshot it feels less violent they give you a they give you a slingshot you walk in and you get in there and it's imagine that it's like this giant row from the left side of the room to the right side of the room this giant row of uh these little tiny you know quarter of an inch thick black rectangles on the other side of the wall all lined up and they tell you that in order to win the giant pikachu <laughs> giant pikachu you've got to hit 
a hundred of these down in three minutes. And you're like, oh, that seems crazy. How does anybody ever do this? And so you, you're like, all right, let's do it. Okay, let's go. Set the timer. And you slingshot it back and you go, you think I'll start all the way on the left and boom. And you get one. First one's lucky. Second one, you line it up, miss. You do another one, you miss. And you do another one, and then you hit one. You've got two down. And you go on to the third one. You miss that one. You miss that one. The time's running out. So you just start praying and spraying the friggin' slingshot all over the map. You end up getting lucky and hitting 12 of them down. And the guy looks at you like you're a fool. And uh, you're like, how in the world... Uh, did anybody knock over a hundred of these to win a giant Pikachu? And the guy's like, uh, well, it's not, it's not that hard. You're just standing in the wrong place. You just have the wrong perspective. And he takes you by the hand like a nice gentleman and walks you around to the other side of the room. And you realize that it's not 100 individual thin little rectangles. They're dominoes, and they're all set up. And if you hit the first one over, you hit all 100. And so it becomes a, a very simple target. And this is what I feel like the first couple years felt like. And when you see, um, you know, I feel like w when I first started out, I would be making, you know, I'd get, by the time I got into this zone where I was really trying to take my creative career into my own hands, uh, I got into the goal setting, got into the business books, got into all that jazz because I wanted to try to make something happen. And the uh, I got really overzealous. And, you know, New Year's revo revolution, we should have a New Year's revolution this year, but a New Year's resolution and I would, I would get to that and I would list like, you know, a uh, hundred goals or something, you know, everything that I could possibly imagine and wish for in the new year. Let's, let's say even it was just like 30 goals. I don't know. A lot, a lot of goals. And I would list them all out and I would start off with all this energy and I would be going into January, kicking so many butts and trying everything to get these done. By February, I was really working on like three of the goals. By March, I just completely had forgotten about all the goals altogether. And, uh, you know, five or six years into my career, you know, I've made some progress on this and that. But then all of a sudden you start seeing these young guns, these kids coming up, and in like one or two years, they're scoring those giant Pikachus. Uh, in one year. And I'm like, what are you doing? How are you getting these clients? How are you, how are you having this breakthrough? And I think that when it comes to your goal setting, comes to your New Year's resolution, if you want to have a revolution uh, 2018, a revolutionary 2018, I think you need to change your perspective and treat goal setting not like a list of targets but like dominoes and this idea uh was presented to me through the book the one thing by jay papasan and gary keller uh, it's a business book 
and they talk about how at any given time, you should only have one major area of breakthrough that you're shooting for. And you should choose the thing that has the biggest potential. And they talk about how with dominoes, one domino, when it falls over, it can actually knock over a domino, I think double its size. And if you do that, even in a short period of time with not that many dominoes, a domino can knock over a door. And this is the idea that we're coming to in this episode, and I'm getting extremely excited about it, uh, just, just talking about it. But we're talking about spending 2018 with a clear sense of the Pikachu that you want to not that you want to win. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Stuffed Pikachu. Naming one thing. That if you achieve it in 2018, if you put effort to it and you chip away at this goal all year long and, and you manage to even get close or get something similar to this goal, it has the potential of a domino in just a few s steps knocking over a door. We're going to talk about what's the thing this in 2018 that if you do will change everything for your creative career. And uh, since I've been thinking that way, I think I've been doing this for two years, I feel like I have this new sense, both of these years, that they're the first ones that I'm sure I haven't wasted. Because I looked at it like this. What is a goal worthy of spending a year of my life on spending it because it's going to be spent it's going to be gone and this past year i had my goal and i met and i met it and there's a sense of peace that i'm ending this year with because i know that if i achieve that one thing it is going to have a ripple effect on all kinds of other things and so that's the way that we're going to change our perspective on goal setting today and i'm going to help you identify what you should be focusing on uh, a plan for achieving it and a final encouragement on how to get the most out of it. Let's do it. So what are we talking about? Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, <laughs> what, is the, what is the one thing that in 2018, if you do it, uh, when you're one year older, that year, you will be like, you know what? I spent that year right. I got something done that affected the rest of my life for the next five years. What is one thing that if, it, that if you achieved it, it would be a domino effect to achieving all kinds of other things that you're trying to do? Uh, what kind of breakthrough is that? So it could be, you know, maybe you, ne maybe you need to increase your social media following to a certain number. Uh, maybe it's that you need to a, a major client in the market that you've been trying to uh, work in for the past couple years. Maybe it's getting signed to a record label. Maybe it's getting an illustration agent. Maybe whatever it is. What is the one thing that if you solve that problem, it will go on to solve half of your other problems instead of focusing on all those problems all that you know that whole 50% of your problems at a time focus on the one that has the potential to solve the rest and uh, I in my own life it, if I've done a little bit of digging I've been able to determine 
what that thing is for each year. And I know what mine was for uh, this past year and I know what mine is next year. Uh, here's what I suggest doing if you're feeling unsure about what's the next major breakthrough domino that I need to knock over and you're having a hard time deciding what it is. One cool practice that I learned from the book Finish by uh, John Acuff, and I'm going to talk a little bit about another concept that I got from there um, in a minute. But the first one uh, from the book that like blew my freaking socks all the way off, and I wasn't even wearing socks because I was in the bathtub because I always read in the bath. Uh, <laughs> uh, what the heck am I talking about? Um, I was reading. It's weird to record yourself like this in a room alone. And so sometimes you get weird talking about your socks getting knocked off when you don't have no socks on. Um, so I was reading the book and I came across this little uh, anecdote that he talks about. And this is my new favorite anecdote. And it's about Will Smith. And it's, he says that like when Will Smith was just a rapper and not really an actor, he got into when he was doing these tours and all this jazz, he and all this jazz with Jazzy Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a real mood and I apologize, but uh, he's he's on the he's on the tour and all that jazz with jazz and they're doing their thing and they end up not paying their taxes or something like that, owing the government all this money. And Will Smith basically tells his agent like this is going to be an issue and we're going to have to figure this out. And I think the only way long-term to make sure this doesn't happen is that I just become the world's uh, biggest actor. Uh, like that was his uh, solution to solving this tax money, which at the time probably sounded crazy. And now it sounds uh, pretty much brilliant. And so here's what they did. They took the top 10 grossing movies of all time uh, and or or of the past 10 years or whatever and they listed them out and they started connecting the dots and what looked like this endless sea of static uh, this this solar system of uh, chaos they started connecting the dots creating these constellations finding these patterns in these movies and they found that the movies that had a supernatural creature and a romance story were the were the most likely to big to be big hits and if you know if you're familiar with the back catalog of Will Smith's career I'm talking Men in Black I'm talking Independence Day I'm talking Suicide Squad I'm talking about some Hancock all these supernatural characters and creatures with the romance story I, I am legend there's another one there are, it's all there why do you think he does these movies? He's done it. And so here's my suggestion to you. You don't even have to do 10 if you don't want to. Take the people in your house, uh, meaning not your actual house. I mean like Harry Potter house. Like you're, you know, in the market. Each, each industry is broken down into segments. So if you're an illustration, it's like, I'm getting way weird. I get it. I'm jumping all over the place. I'm going to make sense of it in a minute. Just stick with me. All right. Illustration industry has all these different pockets. Uh, it's got editorial. It's got kids' books. It's got book covers. It's got uh, concept art. It's got all these different components. All of them do. It's like genres in music. Take the top five people that are in your 
Hogwarts house, your market, your, your segment of the industry. Take the people that you see as the top five, the people that seem to be the most successful, the people with the most <laughs> stuffed Pikachus, giant stuffed Pikachus under their belts. <laughs> that sounds so weird. I'm in the weirdest mood. Um, take those people and start connecting the dots because I guarantee you your market, it seems like a vast array of static, a solar system of chaos, but I can guarantee you that there are constellations. And if you can list out five to 10 of these people and look at what they have that you don't, you're going to find something that is the next domino that you need to knock over to be in the running, in the league of these folks, the, I'm guessing there are something that they have that is a qualifier for the race and you've got to identify what it is. Maybe it's a sweet headshot of you where you look really cool and everybody wants to be your friend. Maybe it's a certain client that you need to work for to be taken seriously. Maybe you need to go to, uh, uh, I don't know, Maybe they all go to the same conference every year and you just need to make that your goal and knock it knock it down in 2018. I don't know what it is. It could be a billion different things, but if you do this process, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to find some gems. So the next thing, first thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, how to how to identify what your breakthrough item needs to be, your breakthrough focus for the next year needs to be. The second thing I'm going to talk to you about is how I would go, how I would go, how would I approach making it happen? How what do you do next after you've identified it? You just kiss the piece of paper, you write it down, kiss it, and throw it into the sky, and it magically comes to you. No, that's not my suggestion. My suggestion is to, to the best of your ability, cut out all of the luck from the equation. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast very long, you know that one of the things that grinds my friggin' gears is luck. And, uh, you know, I know that luck is a factor, privilege, luck, things out of your control are a factor. I'm not denying it. I'm just telling you to quit allowing that to determine your actions. Because in my mind, in the creative world, yes, luck plays a factor on who has the viral lottery winning success, goes on TV, you know, lives this crazy, insane, creative dream. But then for every one of those, there's 99 people who stuck it out with the craft and the work ethic who are insanely, uh, happy and excited about the work that they get to do every day. And so I get so aggravated. You know, I listen to a podcast with comedians all the time. I love comedians because I think that they are like uh, the most 
it's like the deepest meritocracy of creativity because if you can uh, get up and and know how to work a crowd and be funny and learn how to write jokes, like if you can do that, I think that there's no real stopping you. And and the reason is because there's this clear value metric that says if people are laughing, it's working, and that's the only thing you need to know about this comic. Uh, and and I love about that about him, and I, and that's why I love listening to him is because they're so crazy methodical, and over and over again you hear yeah, there's random freaks that are super funny and they happen to get super famous and they just you know fall backwards into piles of cash. Yeah, whatever. Those they happen but they are the one out of a hundred. The other 99 are the people that decided to take comedy and treat it like a real nine to five and learn how, you know, I heard Dimitri Martin say this, I heard uh, Seinfeld say this, Mike Birbiglia say this, Sarah Silverman say this, uh, a- Amy Schumer say this, all say the same thing. They say, when it comes to their comedy, there came a moment where they decided to, to get luck out of the equation and master their, uh, their own path. And this is what I'm talking about for 2018 for you. I want you to identify what is that next domino that's gotta come down, that I've gotta break through. What is it that I need to happen that could change everything? If I could work with this client, if I could get that, that amount of following online and, and Patreon backers, if I could get this record label or that illustration agent, whatever it is, figuring it out. And then here's what I want you to do with it. I want you to cut the luck out of the equation. And there's two things you can do. Um, the first one is another thing from this John Acuff book, Finish, that I just, uh, I'm almost done reading and I've absolutely loved. And it's about finishing projects, finishing what you start and how to essentially uh, do things in such a way that you maximize your potential to finish and complete your projects and your goals and, and, and uh, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And it's just basically all these ways of um, maximizing your potential. And one of the things he says is that a lot of motivational speakers out there are going to tell you, take your goal and triple it. You're not dreaming big enough. And he says, take your goal and cut it in half. And it reminds me of this quote, this thing that says, you know, anything that's worth doing is worth doing terribly. And here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to take that thing that you came up with, that next domino, and cut it in half. And say, okay, maybe you want to work for the New York Times, but a more uh, surefire thing that you feel like you could really make happen is working for the Atlantic. Just take that goal and cut it in half. Because the thing is, most of the things that, that we want to achieve, the, the dream things that we want to do, there's a bottleneck, there's a premium, there's an enormous moat around that castle, and we know it. And because we know it, it hurts our ability to systematically, in a disciplined way, believe that every single thing that we're going to do is going to help us achieve it. But if we cut it in half and it seems doable, then we can actually have the belief and the faith to put in the work because your work is in direct correlationship to your faith. And so uh, cut it in half because if you can achieve half of this game-changing thing, you don't you think it's still going to be changing the game? So uh, uh, in a minute, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be focusing on uh, in 2018. But the second thing you've got to do is stack the deck in your favor by 
coming up with three things that you're going to do, action steps that are in your control 100% that you're going to do that can maximize the potential for achieving this thing. Let's say it's get a, uh, a record label. So the first thing you say, number one, I'm going to email 200 record labels in 2018. I'm going to email my demo or I'm going to mail them my demo. Number two, I'm going to uh, ask every person, every musician that I know that somehow got signed, I'm going to ask them, I'm going to send them a message or take them out to coffee and get to know how they did it, how they achieved it, and whether they know any, uh, whether they can give me a leg up with their label or whether they can help me uh, with any advice of what I need to change. Uh, and then three, I'm going to book shows in places where I know uh, label representatives hang out. And I'm going to focus on all of those things all year in 2018. Uh, and, and, and that's stacking the deck in your favor. What are the things that you can do that uh, is completely up to your own discipline that can stack the deck in your favor of maximizing your potential to make this thing happen? Here's what I'm going to focus on, just for full transparency, because I want you to understand like how I'm thinking about this and how it makes a difference in my life. Uh, 2018 for me is about uh, increasing, ma massively increasing, increasing, increasing the listenership of Creative Pep Talk. Uh, I want to almost double our regular amount of listens. And I'm not ashamed to tell you that. Yeah, and, he, and I'll tell you why. Uh, yes, it's true that it will positively benefit my life if the listenership of this podcast goes up. It will create bandwidth and margin uh, to, to, for my life and my family. Uh, it, it'll also create bandwidth and margin for me to pour into creative pep talk. Last year, I was spending so much time doing, the doing a class, doing uh, you know, personal pep talks, doing the creative pep rally, and I had this massive burnout because I had to be juggling so many other things, so illustration clients and uh, you know, all of my other jazz on top of that. And I've realized that if I could double the listenership of the podcast, it would create a cushion. It would create a barrier where I could do everything I do so much better. And it would change everything about my existence. But the number one reason I'm sharing this with you, the number one reason I'm telling you that my plan for 2018 is to increase the listeners for the podcast is because this is a goal that I believe I'm going to spend my life working on. And it's not because uh, I want to or because I like to. Uh, make podcasts uh, or like to do speaking or I like to do illustration. It's nothing to do uh, with that, that, that lower form why is not the deal breaker. The deal breaker for me is that I have a vision over the next 50 years and I, it's going to sound ridiculous, all right? And I'm not saying that I'm going to be solely responsible. That's far from what I'm saying. I'm saying I want to be a part of a wave, a movement over the next 50 years that changes the modern world in the way that they deal with creative people. And it changes the way that creative people see their own potential and that the market and the world sees their value. 
And no longer do people that are creatively brilliant, the next Steve Jobs, uh, go on to uh, be undervalued, struggle in school, and then ultimately uh, live a life that's unfulfilling or worse, like commit suicide or, uh, or self-destruct and hurt everyone around them. And my vision is a world that sees creative people differently, that values creativity, and that creatives value themselves. And the podcast is the the, the tip of the spear, the, the tip of the battering ram on that vision. It starts with getting creatives to believe in themselves and show their true potential and, and, and be these lights shining in the world. And I think the next thing I've got to do on that mission, on that vision, is double the listenership of the podcast. And that's what I'm going to focus on in 2018. And uh, there you have it. It's scary to share. Um, scary Sherry. Uh, and that, that's what I'm doing. So what are you doing? And what are you going to do about it? I have a list of things that I'm going to be doing. I've made a list of the, of the three, I think I list five things that I could do every month in the next 12 months that could maximize the potential. And I've already got to work. And it isn't even 2018. This is going to be a revolutionary 2018. Man. Excited about it. All right. So, half it, stack the deck. So, we talked about figuring out how to find the breakthrough domino goal for 2018. We talked about how to cut out luck as much as possible from the equation. And the last thing that we want to talk about and that we want to do is fortune cookie precision is what I'm going to call it. And it's a method where I say this goal, it needs to be so precise and so simple that you can write it on a slip of paper that's no bigger than a fortune cookie fortune. And I want you to take that slip of paper and I want want you to put it in a place where you're going to see it every day in 2018 that reminds you of, it might even remind you, take the first 25 minutes and send a few emails that help push you towards that goal. Every single day, you can be chipping away at this one thing, this one domino. And I think that there's this insane power when you have that kind of focus and you realize, if I do this thing, all kinds of other things are going to change. And if you can keep it in front of you and you can keep it simple and you can keep it uh, on your mind and you can slowly use each day in the year to push towards it, I think you will move towards spending next year wisely. And this whole idea, by the way, of writing this down, like people from all walks, Tim Ferriss, Dave Ramsey, Oprah Winfrey, who, I, you know, Mike Birbiglia, people all over the friggin' board, all different walks of life, have, I've heard them speak about the magic of writing it down on paper and what it's like to go, go back five or six years and see some of those things. You know, uh, over 10 years ago, I became an illustrator so that I could work with my favorite bands. 
And I know for a fact that I wrote it down at some point, I want to work with one of my all-time favorite bands, like my top five favorite bands. And here I am 10 years later, and I've done that thing. And there's this, you know, you can call it hokey, and there's maybe there is parts of it that are hokey, but there's this part, there's this story of Jim Carrey going up on this hill in Hollywood and writing himself a check for $10 million uh, for acting services rendered. And then just a few years later, getting paid $10 million to be on Dumb and Dumber. And uh, I'm not talking, I, I, I am talking about cutting luck and magic out of the equation and putting in this level of precision that will lead you towards a systematic breakthrough. But I'm also encouraging you to write it down and put your desires onto this thing and your focus onto this thing and I can tell you, in my practice, there has been a real supernatural kind of blessing when I'm willing to get that clear on what I'm trying to get done. So I encourage you to do fortune cookie precision. Put it somewhere you can see it. Because, you know, if I gave you... Uh, to spend in a month, and that's all you had. That's not that much money, right? $79. And you'd have to really be careful with each dollar and really plan the purpose for each dollar and how you're going to spend it, right? Because you don't want to end up, uh, you know, halfway through the month and have wasted half of your dollars and you've got no food and you're and you're not in a good place. $79, not that much. And actually, if you're lucky, you're probably only going to have about 79 years in this life. And you've got to spend each one wisely because we just spent one. We spent 2017, and a lot of us, I hear a lot of people talking about how terribly we spent it, and maybe as a culture we did. But personally, you can't let another one be spent without something decent in exchange. And so if next year is one of those dollars, write down something on that paper that's willing to be, uh, that's worthy of being purchased with that dollar. You know, recently we had an older friend of ours. Um, we actually, it was kind of weird. We had heard that they'd possibly died. They went to the hospital. We heard that the first news that came through was that they had passed away. And it just really shook me. This is someone that we see all the time. Uh, and, you know, it was just, it, he was there and then he wasn't. And, uh, you know, whenever that happens in your life, you're reminded of how, uh, how fast everything goes and your own mortality. And, uh, and luckily, <laughs> someone was very irresponsible as a messenger, and uh, the person actually didn't pass away, but they did have a heart attack. Um, but it's that kind of scare that can make you realize that each one of these dollars, each one of these years needs to be exchanged for something in life that's worth dying for. 
And this is a thought that I've been thinking a lot about recently, and it's part of why I wanted to talk about why I want to increase the listenership of the podcast and what uh, beyond, uh, you know, the fact that I like to do podcasts and, uh, and you know, I like doing this show and I'm glad that it uh, helps some people stay motivated week to week. All of that stuff is great. But recently I've been thinking more about the deeper reasons that I do it and trying to spend each dollar that I've got each year on a life worth dying for. And uh, I feel like, I just want to say one other thing, and it's this, this idea that, uh, you know, I think that <clears throat> life is like this water in a cracked jug, and it's just constantly uh, dripping out. It's constantly uh, drip by drip. I'm sorry that this is so heavy at the end. I didn't mean it to be so heavy when I wrote it and I took these notes. I didn't know, but I can feel the heaviness of what I'm talking about, but it's true. And we have this, you know, your life is, a, is in a, this body that is s- seeping life every year another drop goes and I feel like so many of us get sucked into this way of living life where instead of drinking the water of life drinking the elixir while we can we focus on how we can somehow mend the jar to such a degree that it doesn't leak any more water but I'll give you some news no one in the history of time has ever been able to patch up this jug in such a way that at some point the last drop doesn't drip out and we so cautiously obsessed with being so careful. Don't move the jug. Don't, you know, don't, ooh, don't spill the jug. Like, b- be careful. Maybe just leave the jug alone and don't drink any of the water at all. And somehow we'll preserve the maximum amount of time to have water in this jug. But the fact of the matter is, the water is dripping out and you need to take a drink while you can and you need to take this next year and make it count. Spend it wisely. Focus your energy and let's do this. That's what I'm going to try to do next year. I hope you're with me. I encourage you to uh, do this activity. Don't just think, that's a good idea, Andy, and then never do it. Get the fortune cookie precision. Uh, real quick, I just want to go ahead and apologize to end this episode for talking about death so many weeks in a row. This is not a podcast about death, and I apologize for forgetting that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, hey, thank you, Yoni Wolf, uh, for uh, all the beautiful music that you've made over the years, and to your band Y for providing the theme music to this show. Thanks to Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for the other tunes. Not all the other tunes, because my man Alex Sugg, who edits this podcast so beautifully, has also so beautifully added his beautiful music to the show. And I'm telling you, it's never sounded more beautiful. It's never been tastier. And I appreciate it, and I love it. Thank you so much, my man Alex uh, Sugg. What a name. I love saying that name. 
it's a toss-up between how much I like to say Alex Sugg and how much I like to say Medivari and Nate Utesh. Utesh, you can get lost in that last name. You can just, you can dive into it. Anyway, sorry. I don't know what's happening. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that this episode brings you so much crazy pep that you get to the end of the week with extra creative fuel left over. But until the week after, when I come back, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. Mm -hmm.